Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. Thursday, April 29th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Seven games remain on the Flyers schedule for the 2021 NHL season and game tonight. In New Jersey, the Flyers will look to avenge the loss from Tuesday night when the Devils ended their 10-game winless streak. They'll be back at it coming up on Saturday against the Devils at the Wells Fargo Center, then two against the Penguins on Monday and Tuesday, back-to-back, and then back-to-back games on Friday and Saturday against the Washington Capitals before wrapping up uh, the season coming up on May 10th uh, on a Monday evening. Uh, Bill Meltzer joins us right now to talk about this season, the last couple of games, the headlines, and much more. You read his work on NHL.com, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It's Bill Melter. Bill, we're uh, ticking down the uh, final games of the regular season, and how's that make you feel? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a big disappointment, certainly not where, you know, even going into the month of March, we would have expected to be at this point in the season. Um, you know, there's not very much you can say other than, you know, I, you're, you are what your record says you are. The... Uh, you know, the goals against average is what it is. Flyers are going to today's game uh, 31st and last to the NHL in goals against average and, you know, makes it makes it awfully hard to win games. So, you know, it, it's uh, it's not it's not fun, put it that way. Yeah, and none of us maybe forecasted that element of it, that they'd be 31st and or number one in a way in goals allowed yeah. per game. Uh, we didn't really see that coming, and uh, you know it's been a, a confluence of a lot of different elements to to land them in this position. Uh, Bill, let me let me ask you first and foremost about what Sean Couturier had to say after the game on Tuesday night. That guys in the first half of that game that the effort wasn't nearly where it needed to be. I'm paraphrasing, uh, but when you hear a player of Sean Couturier's caliber, his pedigree, what he means to the team on and off the ice, what, what does that say to you? Well, I mean it, it, it tells. It tells us, and we've said this before, you know, when when uh, players insist that they're they're playing for one another, I mean, the the proof is in the proof is in how they actually play, and you know, to, to get three shots on goal against that uh, Devils team in the first period, that four minute power play, not against the juggernaut penalty kill either, you know, when nowhere fast. I mean, I, I think I think the comments were justified. It, it's uh, you know, unfortunately, you know. Uh, we've been hearing these kind of things way too often this season. You know, it's, uh, it's been a lot of talk about what needs to happen, being more consistent and, and on down the line. But, you know, for whatever reasons, it just has not come together in, in, in any kind of a, uh, you know, in any kind of a fashion where they can't even string two wins together, you know, for, for over a month at this point. So, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I think that's a lot of information for Chuck Fletcher. A lot of information for Elaine Vigneault, too, and not necessarily good information, but it, it, it does it does tell you that, uh, you know, you, you need to look at everything and that changes are needed on the team. I don't think there's any other way you can put it than that. Yeah, and one of those shots in the first period when they had three was a dump-in. Two of the shots of the three came from Igor Zamula and a four-minute power play in there to boot. Uh, totally unacceptable, but then they come back in the second period and they fire 15 shots. The, the consistently inconsistent uh, element of this team is maddening and at this point uh, it's it's their identity whether they like it or not and you can't shed it you're not going to shed it with seven games to go no absolutely not and you know and unfortunately things that have been consistent uh, are things that you don't want to be negative negative all negatives right like like scoring a goal and giving one up right afterwards you know that's happened way too consistently this season um 
you know, it's uh, the defensive breakdowns. They're, they're too predictable. You know, it's uh, not getting saves when you need to get them. I mean, you know, for, for whatever, whatever set of reasons, there's just been a lot of things this season that just have not been good enough. And that's been happening way too regularly. There have been stretches of games where the Flyers have looked like a good team. But really, you know, I think you could count the number of games where they had three pretty good periods together in the same game on, on, on maybe three fingers. You know, yeah. I, I don't think there have been really more than a handful of games where you could say they were, you know, a good team all night tonight. So. Yeah, and you don't feel like they've been the better team in a lot of these games and just gotten a bad fate either. It's It's been confounding. And uh, as you mentioned kind of off the top, you know, you are what your record says you are in this league, and, and change is inevitable. How much change will be able to be accomplished? Because we've seen now five Flyers make their NHL debut this season, and we could see a couple more. We could end up seeing Cam York. Uh, we could end up seeing Tyson Forster, who in yesterday's episode, Scott Gordon, uh, couldn't have been more effusive with his praise about uh, the way Tyson has uh, played this year and really dialed in the details of his game. Uh, first, let's let's talk about those young players and start with Igor because he made his debut last night. What did you see out of him, and who else do you expect to see here before the season's end? Yeah, you know, I I, I saw a lot of assertiveness in making plays. Um, you know, we all we know he has really good wheels. You know, he's you know needs uh, add strength to his to his frame. I mean, that's the number one thing for him. He's, uh, he's never going to be a, a big bulky guy, but I mean, you know, he does need to add some strength, but you know, he's, he's not afraid. He, he will go out and he will make plays. He's, he's uh, last night, you know, played, played well defensively. Um, good stick on puck guy, um, you know, moves the puck up ice. Well, his very first, you know, his very first uh, outlet pass of the game was tape to tape. That was nice to see it because that hasn't, that's been something that has not distant for the team this year. You know, they're going to be they're going to be bumps in the road. They're going to be ups and downs. He's, uh, you know, he, he's a, a very promising young player. He he has progressed at a, at a steady clip this season for the Phantoms, too, where, you know, early on, I remember Scott Gordon was talking about, you know, Eager has to learn that there are, are times you have to live to fight another day and plays you can make at the pro level. Well, he's been doing that. I mean, he's, he's been progressing at a, at a very rapid clip, so. You know, while while uh, you know, I, I expect the usual learning curve and whatever. He's a, you know, he, he's a he's a very interesting young young player. I'm looking forward to seeing him play over these remaining games and there's some of the other guys too. Um, Tyson Forster, you know, has very high end offensive skills. Very smart player. Um, you know, I mean, his shot is the real deal. He's you know, gets rid of the puck in a hurry. Very accurate shooter. Can shoot hard. Um, you know, picking up the other details, some of the two-way aspects of his game, you know that uh, you don't you don't necessarily expect that from a 19-year-old player, and things are things are progressing quite nicely with him. Um, you know, he's never going to be a speedster, but I mean, he you know he gets from point A to point B, and will continue to get better in that as he gets a little stronger too. So you know, the the, the future is bright with some of these guys. The only the only thing I would caution is sometimes. You have the these end of season games when a team's not in the race. And it's a little like September baseball, where you know if a team's not in the race, it can, it can give you a it can give you a a, a false, false sense, yeah. yeah, false sense of security or, or whatever. You you, know, you, yeah. have, you have to see when the pressure is on a year from now, you know, how how the player does when the stakes get a little bit higher. But for first impressions, I, I think the young players will look good. 
I mean, he, he is likely going to end up back in the OHL if that's uh, what the league deems. And I mean, I, I would imagine, Bill, that's not great for his development to go playing from playing a year pro and then go back to the OHL where, you know, you're playing against inferior talent around you. Sometimes bad habits can creep in when you do that. You're playing more minutes. Um, is there any consideration from the NHL uh, coming up with some special circumstances for some players like Tyson? I'm hoping. I've, I've been wanting that for years. I know yeah. a lot of organizations wanted that, too. Even if it's only one or two players per, per organization, you know, there are some players that may not be NHL ready, but they're probably too good for the CHL, you know, so the, the AHL is an appropriate level for them. And two, you want some uniformity in it, too, because if a, a player comes over from Europe at 19 or even 18, they can play in the AHL without any penalty. That's what Robert Haig did. So just one set of rules for everybody. I think that I think that's fair. Yeah, and, and if it's about the development of players, they should be able to do what's best for the player where he can best develop his skills to ultimately get to the NHL level. Uh, let's talk about Cam York because, uh, you know, he played his first game with the Phantoms. He hadn't played in a while and, um, you know, it was, was a bit rusty, but he's really rounded into form. He's now got uh, three points in four games. Uh, he's on running that power play. Scott Gordon talked about it in yesterday's episode. What have you seen out of Cam York, and, and is he a likely call-up to get a game in the NHL this season as well? I, I, I think so. Um, yeah, he's gotten better every game so far. He had the, you know, the Phantoms had that five-goal first period the other day at, um, against uh, Binghamton um, in Newark, and that ended up being a weird game because the, they built a 5-1 lead after the first period. They ended up winning 6-5. to five. Yeah. But, uh, but, I mean, the, you know, the Phantoms just have been – really a highly entertaining team you know they've uh it, it's a it's a shame that there's not going to be any Calder cup playoffs and it's sounding like most likely there won't be any divisional playoffs because the phantoms will be a shoe in for you know for postseason play they've been they've been a really good hockey team this year but uh you know, but york has gotten better each successive game of course he had the big explosion the first period with the goal and two assists um you know just uh and we saw it in the in the, in the world junior championships not just um you know, not just the offensive side of it. He has a very good defensive stick. He's very poised. Nothing rattles him. That's uh, that's one of the biggest. You know, that's one of the biggest attributes that he has. He's not the, you know, he's he's not the biggest guy by any means. But you know, a lot of there's a lot of smaller defensemen today who are thriving in the game. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot to be excited about with Cam York. But as with as with Zabula or any other young defenseman, you know, he's gonna he's gonna go through some bumps in the road while he's figuring out what works for him. And you know what he has to what he has to adjust to. Um, the other day, before Zamola's debut, I asked um, I asked Justin Braun, you know, what were your adjustments like, and how long did it take you to adjust? I, I always like asking veterans that question. Yep. And, and getting their perspective on it, and he said in his case, it took about seventy games. Some guys say more than that. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and, and and Justin, I don't think people realize this now, but when when he was. Uh, you know, he was in collegiate hockey and, and in Wooster. He was an offensive defenseman. He was a power play guy. And he realized that's not going to be my role in the NHL. So he had to adapt to being more of a penalty killer, you know, a shutdown guy. And, you know, he's made a really nice career out of it. Um, now, I think that, you know, I, I, Cam York, I fully expect to be a power play defenseman. And, and Zabula's a really good puck mover. And, you know, he'll put up a, a few points, too. But there, there's always a learning curve. I, you know, defensing, defensemen and goalies. Tend, tend to take longer than forwards and you know i guess centers centers a little longer than wingers so you know i i think i think it's all par for the course but if you look at the the upside and the ceiling 
that the, that a guy like York has, it, it, it's a very high, very good young player. Yeah, and, and we know Tyson, you know, his goal next year is going to be to make the Flyers out of camp. A lot of that's going to depend on, on what takes place this offseason uh, and what Chuck Fletcher is able to accomplish. Um, Bill, um, you know, Alain Vigneault in his press conferences over the last couple of games, and, and they got down in both of those games, the one they came back, one in a shootout uh, after two uh, goals by the captain, 22 seconds apart, and then obviously they came back a couple times in, in the game on Tuesday. Uh, but Elaine Vigneault is, you know, our team's not quitting. My team's, they're still playing hard. We're trying to win games. Um, but but you look at what's happening night in and night out and the, the holes that they're digging. And it, it kind of tells, not that they quit because they do battle back, but it just tells a different story than, than the one that he's articulating. What what do you think about what Elaine's had to say of late? Yeah, you know, it's it's not a model for winning. Um, and we were saying this back in March, you know, when they when they had the games against games against the Capitals, and they had the three games in the week against the Caps right after they played Pittsburgh. The three games, and in every game, the Flyers made a late comeback that fell just short. You know, so they, lo- they lost by one, or they lost by one in an empty netter, or ultimately. But every time you dig yourself multiple goal holes, you know they've come back a few times. They they pulled it off against the Sabers a couple times. They pulled it off against the Devils. Almost did it again. Last night, I mean, too much of games. You can't give away a period. You can't give away 30 minutes. You can't have a, a four-minute power play, which can really shape the momentum of a significant portion of the game, and you get nothing from it. It's a negative momentum creator. I, you know, and and again, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have nights where you just don't have it, but it happens way, way, way too frequently with the team. And I, you know, I, I know that I know you don't you don't want to just be negative, 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 but I think when you look at the body of work. That the team has turned in this year it just it hasn't been nearly good enough you know i i've had some discussions on, on twitter uh with some folks and they're saying oh well the flyers were, were overrated last year i said if you really look at what was underlying the numbers a year ago the flyers were every bit as good as their record last year when you're when you're in the top third in goals against and goals per game and you're the stingiest team in the nhl in terms of shots allowed and you you cut your goals against average by by three quarters of a goal a game you're, you're going to be a playoff team, you know, probably yep. 10 times out of 10. You know, those are the things you look for. And then I, I don't know, you know, I don't know why that team has gone AWOL this year, but they've, they've gone AWOL pretty much, pretty much most of the season, even when they were winning before, you know, before March. So, you know, it's just been, uh, you know, it's, it's just been a, a compilation of things. I mean, it, it's been a worst-case scenario in, in a lot of regards. It's not, you know, and I, I know there have been some extenuating circumstances, the COVID outbreak, the lack of practice time, all those things that have been put out there. But you know what? Every team is in the same boat to different different extents. And, uh, you know, at, at some point you just have to, you know, <laughs> you have to just suck it up and, and, and play, you know, to the capabilities that you think you have. And it has not has not been the case this year in, in a lot of regards. And, you know, and, and listen, too, I mean, they, you know, they, it, it's a tough situation right now for Brian Elliott. Um, you know, and I, and I would assume that Alex Lyon is going to get you know, maybe even maybe even next game he'll get he'll get a couple here. Maybe even Felix Anthem will get one. But you know, one thing that it has shown is that um, you know when when you can get Elliott some rest for a start, and and he has he's not playing too frequently. He plays at a high level, but once the games pile up, you know I, I think the performance level drops off too. And with, without Carter Hart, and you know I don't I don't know I don't know how much we're going to see of Carter this season just because how much practice time is left. You know he hasn't yeah. really. Yeah, I mean, even even if the knee is fine, 
you know? I mean, what would he have? One, maybe one, two more starts a season? I mean, we'll see, right? Yeah, and there's no upside to sending him into an offseason of, uh, you know, uh, rehabilitation when he can go into an offseason of preparation. There's a huge difference in that, especially yeah. for a goaltender. Uh, Bill, you know, some of the guys that we were, you know, going to rely on heavily this season based on the season prior – uh, haven't had the follow-up to the season prior. Uh, Travis Konechny's one, but I want to talk about Kevin Hayes because um, coaches all the time at all levels preach everything you do on the ice needs to have a purpose, right? Uh, you know, every dump in's got a purpose. There's there's an area to put it, and there's an area not to put pucks. At 81 degrees. And, and Kevin Hayes, um, a lot of times this year, is just throwing pucks at the net. And, and even in the game on Tuesday, uh, when they had the goaltender pulled, he just threw a puck into a mob of players. It hit a Devils player, and they went down and they scored the empty net goal. That's not playing with a purpose. That's not, you know, having a purpose with for everything you do. What's been the biggest drop-off in his game that, that you've seen this year? Uh, because he looks like a far different player. Last year, I mean, he was doing an exceptional job at shielding the puck. You know, I mean, you know, when players make plays, they're going to turn some pucks over. But... I, I I think you get the nail on the head saying you when you're playing with a purpose, you know he um, he's a, he's a skilled player he's a you know a big body out there I don't think he's I don't think he's used that size and skill nearly as well as, as he did a year ago and, and a big part of it too, you know I mean he's he's a big part of the penalty kill and not not just the fact that he doesn't have a shorthanded goal this year and he had a bunch of them last year I mean just the actual penalty killing part of it just just in passing lanes and, and you know making good reads and you know um, helping protect the house in the defensive zone I mean all, all those all those things that you rely on centers for and um, Lee Vigneault himself has said that you know when Hayes is playing well offense comes from defense his defensive game hasn't been nearly good enough this year you know and it's been uh, it should have been symptomatic of some bigger issues with the team yeah, no doubt. Um, let's talk about the captain because this may be one of the best seasons he's had since 2018, oddly enough, Bill, on an individual level. I think he's been trying to do everything he can to drag his team to victory, drag his team back in games. Uh, he surpassed Brian Prop with those two goals in 22 seconds, has a couple points since. Uh, he's playing good hockey, doesn't have the cast around him playing to his level and his commitment level to the game. Uh, what have you seen out of Claude Giroux here in the last couple of weeks? Oh, yeah, particularly, you know, particularly as things are going south around the team. You look at the games that they have been able to win or, or make a push and win. How many of those games, what percentage of those games has, you know, when they've been able to do that, has Claude Giroux been a catalyst in it? I think a, a huge percentage of them. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, listen, he, he <laughs> ideally he, he would play wing full time. He's had to go back to center quite a bit this season. But, but he's done it and, and he's been pretty effective at it, you know, on, on, you know, so, I, I mean, I, I think that a lot of times fingers get pointed at the captain on any team. Right. But particularly when the team's had frustration and one playoff win since, you know, since 2012, you know, he, he, he's going to be a target for criticism, but, you know, but I think, I think he's done just about everything he could possibly do. And it's been, you know, it's been a really, I think overall, a, a solid season for him. for a while the goals weren't coming you remember early in the season well why isn't he scoring any goals when well, you know now he you know now he's scoring goals on top of the assists that he's getting you know i i know that it's kind of damning with faint praise just in the way the season has gone but i mean he'd be my pick for the the bobby clark trophy this year 
Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the the way I would put it is, he's not what's wrong. <laughs> that, that, that's the way I would put it. Uh, Bill, well, we'll see what we see tonight because um, it's anyone's guess. We literally have no idea what's going to happen tonight as the Flyers take on the Devils. Thanks for doing this as always, and uh, we'll talk soon. As always, thanks to Bill Meltzer for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. We'll be back with a breakdown episode tomorrow from the Flyers-Devils game set to take place tonight at 7 o'clock from the Prudential Center in New Jersey. In the meantime, everybody, have a great Thursday. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your hockey tonight, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Daily.